How can you grow stronger at defending your faith? I was asked this question recently, and while I was researching for it, I realized that the whole book of Jude is actually written to answer this very question. That is what we're talking about on today's episode. This is Worldview Legacy, the podcast from the Think Institute that helps Christian men become the worldview leaders their families and churches need. My name is Joel Sedekase. I am a former pastor, and now I'm the executive director of the Think Institute. And my job is to equip you, the Christian layman, to build a legacy in the Christian worldview where you and your kids and your wife will be able to answer the world's questions with confidence from the Bible and see Jesus change lives as you share your faith. If you find this helpful today, I want to invite you to help support the work that we're doing and equip believers to become worldview leaders. I'll tell you more about how you can do that at the end of this episode. All right, now let's see what the Bible says about defending your faith, specifically in the book of Jude. Well, Jude tells his readers, Quote, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude 1 3. This makes us ask so, Jude, how exactly do we go about defending the faith? And how can we get stronger at defending our faith? Well, Jude spends the next 16 verses laying out who the opponents are that he wants his readers to combat and to counteract. But then in verses 20 to 23, Jude shares six principles with us for getting stronger at defending the faith. And I want to share those with you now. What does the Bible say about being ready to defend your faith? And how do we get stronger? Now, Jude lays out six principles, and the first three principles fall under the heading, how to prepare to defend your faith. We find those principles in verses 20 and 21. Let's look at those. Principle number one, build yourself up in your faith. That's found in Jude 20. How do we do this? How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, as Jude puts it? Here's how. Read, study, and memorize Scripture. Be aware of its primary secondary, and tertiary doctrines and how to tell them apart. So which teachings of the Bible are most important which and are non-negotiable? Which ones are important but wouldn't kick you out of the kingdom for believing them? And then which ones are a little bit less clear? These are the ones that are least important. Still important because they're still scripture, but not something worth breaking fellowship over with another believer. Learn the Bible's answers to the world's questions that they are asking. The more that you know your faith, the better you'll be able to defend your faith. Okay, so that's principle one. Build yourself up in the faith. Principle number two also comes from Jude 1.20, and it's this. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Here's what you have to realize. You and I cannot win souls. We cannot save souls for eternity. Only God can do that. So ask the Lord for three things. Ask for his truth to be known, his power to be shown, and his opposition to be overthrown. Yeah, it rhymes. It's kind of cool like that. 
Uh, Second Corinthians 10.5 says that we are to take down strongholds and anything that sets itself up in opposition to Christ and take every thought captive to Christ. So we to do this, we need to be praying for the opposition to the Lord and to his truth to be overthrown. We shouldn't be anxious about what to say beforehand. Jesus tells us that in Mark 13, 11. But instead, we ought to submit our requests to God, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So principle number two, pray in the Holy Spirit. All right, what about principle three? Principle three is wait for the mercy of Jesus Christ to eternal life. We find that in Jude one twenty one, And I get that the phrasing here is a little awkward. Wait for the mercy of Jesus Christ to eternal life. Is, does that mean that Jesus is going to be showing mercy to eternal life? No, not, not quite. It means that the mercy of Jesus Christ is going to lead to eternal life. So what that means is this. We can trust Jesus with the following three outcomes, with the result of the conversation that we're in as we're defending the faith, with the response of the unbeliever that we're sharing and defending our faith with, and then we can trust Jesus with the reward for our faithful labor. We don't have to worry about being vindicated in the here and now like we don't have to worry that the person we're speaking with submits to the superior wisdom of Jesus Christ right then and there. Uh, we can trust Jesus that he is seeing what we're doing and he will reward us for our faithfulness. Now that faithfulness is still a gift of God's grace to be sure, but scripture is also clear that to the one who perseveres, God will give the crown of life. There will be reward for our faithful labor. And that includes our labor in apologetics and defending our faith. God is sovereign. Jesus is Lord. You can and must trust Jesus. Seek to be obedient and just leave the results to him. Jude says that by building yourself up in the faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and waiting for the mercy of Jesus Christ, you will keep yourself in the love of God. Defending your faith is an act of worship, and when it's done right, it will draw you closer to God. So these are the things that you ought to think about, and I ought to think about, as we are preparing to defend our Christian faith. All right, now, the next three principles fall under the heading of how to engage, how to engage. Okay, so principle number four, have mercy on those who doubt. This comes directly from Jude one twenty two. When someone is wrestling with God's word or wandering from God's word, they are wrestling with or wandering from the truth. And that is a very hard place to be in. So don't attack the person. Instead, have compassion on the person and answer his or her challenges with gentleness and respect, as 1 Peter 3.15 says. Look, you yourself have doubted many times, and Christ was merciful to you. I have doubted and had tough questions many times, and Jesus was merciful to us. And you know, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus asks his listeners, he says, who was a neighbor to the, the person who was suffering? And his, uh, the person Jesus is speaking with says, the one who showed him mercy. 
And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Here's the point. If God has shown you mercy while you were struggling or doubting or wandering, show the same kind of mercy and compassion with the person that you're speaking with. Go and do likewise. Luke 10, 37. So that's principle four. Have mercy on those who doubt. Principle five is remember the end result of unbelief is hell. Jude one twenty three talks about that. It talks about snatching unbelievers from the fire, snatching doubters from the fire. See, apologetics is not just about head knowledge. Actual human souls are at stake. Only Jesus saves a sinner from the result of his sin. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. But Jesus saves, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Jesus himself says this in John 14, 6. And all who reject Jesus will go to hell. So commit to snatching unbelievers from the fire, and you will strengthen your defense. It's impossible not to be urgent and stronger and more careful in your apologetic when you're thinking about the eternal consequences. And yes, the results are being left up to God. That's important to remember, but we still do have a role to play. So commit to snatching unbelievers from the fire. Remember that the end result of unbelief is hell. That's principle five. Principle six, then, is keep the high ground. We find this in Jude one twenty three. We find Jude warning us that we ought to warn and help and serve and show compassion on those who doubt with fear, with reverence, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. See, when defending your faith, you may be tempted to sin. We do this in different ways. We're tempted to sin by flattering someone, which is not being respectful to them. We're trying to gain respect from them by using our words to manipulate them. Uh, We're threatened or we're tempted to sin by insulting the person. Sometimes we feel afraid that the person's going to outsmart us, so we act like we need to destroy the person instead of being compassionate. Um, That's sinful. It's not gentle. It's not respectful. It's not Christ-like. We may be tempted to return evil for evil. You know, 1 Peter 3, 15 through 17 is really the charter passage for Christian apologetics. But earlier in that passage, in verse 9 of chapter 3 of 1 Peter, Peter warns us against returning evil for evil. Why is that? Because that's something that you're going to be tempted to do while you're defending your faith. The person that you're speaking with might insult you might revile you. But we can't do that. We can't give in to that kind of sinful way of engaging with people. Satan wants you to fall. Luke 22, 31 warns us about that. But Jesus is greater. Greater is he that is in me and in you, if you're a Christian, than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. So stay close to him and don't give in. Jesus Christ died for sinners like you and me. He rose again from the dead. He purchased everyone who would ever believe in him and saved us from hell. There is no need to give in to the temptation to sin when you've been purchased by Jesus Christ and kept by him in the Holy Spirit for eternal life. So what is the message of Jude? 
What is he trying to get across? Well, Jude makes it clear. If you want to grow stronger at defending your faith, it starts with preparing well. Keep yourself in the love of God through study, prayer, and trusting the Lord. Engage with mercy. Seek to save sinners and keep yourself from sin in the process. This is question one in our current project of providing 100 answers to 100 questions. This is the Every Question Answered campaign. We are seeking to raise $3,000 and answer 100 questions. If you find this helpful, please join the cause. Sponsor a question and support the work of the Think Institute. Now we're recommending a $30 donation for a question. You can sponsor as many questions as you'd like, but it's a, just a really great way to support the work that we're doing with the Think Institute. You can join the cause now by going to thethink.institute slash EQA. That stands for every question answered. Go to thethink.institute slash EQA. This episode was produced by yours truly, Joel Sedekes. It is a production of the Think Institute. Support the Think Institute now by going to thethink.institute slash EQA. We are a Christian teaching and evangelistic nonprofit ministry equipping believers to become worldview leaders, and we are based by God's grace. I'll see you next time.